leadership in a time of ambiguity and anxiety. As Bishop Julius Tribble discusses the state of the United Methodist Church in the fall of the year 2021. Here on the Be Encouraged segment on the United Methodist People podcast, episode number 50, with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. How do we lead amidst ambiguity? How do we lead when there is a need for lament? We have, I think, fallen in love with being right more than we have fallen in love with Jesus. Welcome to the United Methodist People Podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to accomplishing the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The United Methodist People Podcast helps clergy and church leaders connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from the people making a difference in the United Methodist Church through conversation and commentary. And now, here's Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the United Methodist People Podcast. This is the podcast where we help to strengthen the connection in the United Methodist Church through conversation and commentary. You can always head over to United Methodist podcast.com for a back catalog of our podcast episodes, many of which include our Be Encouraged segment with Indiana area Bishop Julius Trimble. Today, Bishop Trimble and I are going to be having a conversation about the state of the church in the fall of 2021, as we are now less than a year, if everything goes according to form, for a general conference to happen in September of 2022. And so we're in this time still of a time of trying to sort out the differences and the problems and the challenges that we have in the, in the United Methodist Church. Uh, many of it re- revolve around the issues of human sexuality. So we're going to have some conversation about that to, to, uh, today here on the United Methodist People podcast. Here's what you're going to learn. You're going to learn what it's like to be in the Council of Bishops as some of these conversations are taking place in that forum and the differences and the directions and the leadership we're going to get from the Council of Bishops moving forward. You're going to feel what it's like for uh, Bishop Trimble and I to talk about what it is to embrace a more loving role and to embrace this whole situation in a more loving way. How can we do that even when there are differences of opinion, theologically, uh, biblically, uh, sociologically, all kinds of things? How can we embrace a more loving way? And when we come back from the other side of the interview, we're going to talk specifically about what we can learn about what to do in our local churches, about how we can gain some leadership and insight about what to do in our local churches when it comes to understanding next steps in uh, terms of dealing with the controversies that we're dealing with in our United Methodist Church. An important episode, an ongoing conversation that Bishop Tremble and I are going to have about the state of the church and to keep people updated about what is going on and what we can do as we continue to navigate these times that are a bit anxious and ambiguous in many ways. We need leadership 
in this time. So you're going to get it here uh, today on the United Methodist People podcast, episode number 50, with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller on the Be Encouraged segment with Bishop Julius Trumbull. So let's get into that conversation right now. Back on Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius Trumbull, where we look at issues facing the United Methodist Church. And of course, it's an ongoing conversation about the state of the church. And perhaps as we are within a year of the general conference happening in 22, hopefully it'll happen. Maybe it's a time to kind of get an assessment of where we stand. And Bishop, I know you've been meeting uh, with the Council of Bishops and uh, the time period that we're speaking. Where do we stand right now? We've been in this kind of this time of stagnancy for quite a while now, and the pressure is building. I can feel it. Uh, Give me your state of the church right now. Well, there's good news. And the good news is that the church is alive and well facing challenges uh, in spite of the fact that we have been impacted globally by uh, a, a first ever pandemic that has resulted in millions of lives being lost. We just recently crossed 750,000 lives lost in the United States. Lord have mercy. So the church is still alive. And Brett, as you know, many of our churches uh, have not been able to meet in person for worship. Uh, and yet, uh, when we adapted that, now many, most of us are back in worship, in-person worship, some wearing masks and uh, still have certain protocols. But we've actually, many places across the globe, increased our reach because of online platforms to people that had previously not been attending church. And maybe some of those persons never will enter into our church buildings. So the good news is that the church is alive. The gospel is still being proclaimed. People are still answering the call, the ministry, and addressing the Matthew 25 mandate to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and visit those who are in prison. The tough news is that we are still in this long, protracted state in the United Methodist Church with division around human sexuality, the freedom of pastors to perform same-gender weddings, uh, and persons uh, being accepted for ordination who may be part of the LGBTQ community. So that that has not been resolved. But the state of the church, I would say, is we are still here. We still have our main thing, which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. But as I said just recently, our main thing is not our only thing. There are many other things that, that are facing us as well. One of the things I noticed in an article that came out of from the United Methodist News The headline was Bishop Urged to Embrace a More Loving Way, and it quotes Bishop Cynthia Fierro Harvey, among others, who've spoken to this issue. I'd like for you to speak to it as well. When we have an an article that says Urged to Embrace a More Loving Way, that kind of implies that maybe not everyone's been so loving. What do you think that means? uh, However things go, as we have some division. Hopefully we don't have division. You know, what What can we do to be more loving mm-hmm. and somehow navigate this process in a way that uh, we can have uh, differences, but not be destructive? I think, the, I think the gospel is mandating us to demonstrate a more loving way. We have, uh, I think, exercised over the recent years way too much vitriol, not just on social media, but even uh, in places where we had opportunity to have what we thought would be conversations turn into heated debates. 
I think a more loving way is for me to say, you and I may not agree, Brad, but you are a child of God. And I have no other option other than to treat you and to listen, treat you as a child of God, listen to your story and listen for how God might speak to me through your story, as opposed to listening, just waiting to debate you about how you are wrong about the Bible or you are wrong about your position or, and I am so right. Uh, we, we, we have, I think, fallen in love with being right more than we have fallen in love with Jesus. And so I think the more we fall in love with Jesus, we, the more apt we are to be loving, uh, demonstrate a more loving way of being in community. That is so uh, so profound. Supposedly, we're all walking along the same path together, and sometimes we may not feel that we are, but we are. So I'd be really interested, and maybe this would be good for uh, our listeners here, United Methodist People podcast to hear, but how do things go in the among the conversations among the bishops around all this? When you get together with the council of bishops, what are some of the conversations like about, for instance, How's it going in my annual conference compared to your annual conference or these difficult churches or the difficult circumstances? Uh, are people getting along in the council of bishops or is there a clash that's going on there? What can, what is the council of bishops doing to be helpful then to local churches? Cause I really think a lot of local churches are looking for some sort of guidance from someplace about how to navigate all this. And I'm just going to start with the Council of Bishops because that's where you're at and you've been meeting with them. I think the Council of Bishops, we're, we're certainly uh, demonstrate an abundance of Christian politeness, but there are times which we recognize that we don't all, we don't all agree in the Council of Bishops when you have over 100 bishops from across the globe, not just the United States, but from many, many other places as well. We cover the spectrum of what people would consider Consider the theological extremes, uh, and as well as uh, centrists and progressives and liberals and traditionalists. But all of us demonstrate and attempt to lead in such a way as we are faithful to our not only our ordination vows as elders, but our consecration vows as bishops. What do I mean by that? Promoting the unity of the church means that I'm a bishop in a state where I have people. Uh, who are all across the theological spectrum. And for me to lead and to demonstrate leadership, I have to do it in such a way. And I think this is what we share in the Council of Bishops. How do we lead amidst ambiguity? How do we lead when there is a need for lament? So much has been so much. How do we lead when there's exhaustion? Brad, do you know what I mean? When there's people are exhausted oh, because of life, because of, and pastors are so this is part of what we talk about, and this is one of the challenges. A term I hear a lot about from other pastors, and even for myself, is I'm just so weary. I'm just so weary. Weary. And yes, uh, that is a that is that is that is a re- and that's a real that's real. Mm-hmm. And bishops are weary. Yeah. <laughs> and, so bishops are weary. So part of part of what we do in the Council of Bishops is to is to do what we do on this podcast is to encourage people, encourage each other. And recognize that, okay, my story may be different than your story. And my, 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 my bent on a particular issue, whether it's climate stewardship or LGBTQ questions may be different than yours. But am I demonstrating what we talked about earlier, a loving 
way of relating to those people who I claim to be my sisters and brothers in ministry. Christ's prayer for the, for our unity is right in the Gospel of John, the 17th chapter. He wasn't unclear about that, Brad. You know, my I pray for pray for you, the disciples. I pray for the world, and I pray for those who will who will receive the gospel. So Christ's prayer for unity was for us today. And uh, obviously, this made this doesn't mean they're not changes uh, or they're not divisions. We've got multiple denominations already that exist multiple ways in which people express the following of Christ. But I think the unity really has to do with uh, a Wesleyan uh, a Wesleyan position that we need not all think alike in order for us to love alike. That is profound. That's awesome. Well, let's take that sentiment, Bishop, that you have in the Council of Bishops and the conversation you and I are having, and let's just take it into that local church uh, boardroom where the uh, leadership council or the administrative council or any group is meeting and they're having these conversations. And perhaps in some of those conversations, they're talking about, you know, how to somehow disaffiliate or anything else along that line or about use of land and money and all that kind of stuff. How can we give some guidance or leadership to that lay person who's leading that group particularly, or that local pastor to help to navigate some of the stuff when there is intense feelings in that local church as well that are many different sides of the spectrum. Give us some guidance for that local church leadership. Well, I would say the churches should not make decisions that they've not had a chance to sit with for a, for a period of time. Has there been a season of prayer or did we, did we receive information about these are our options and next week we want to have a charge conference and have the superintendent preside over a charge conference to make a decision? Have we asked the question, do we really want to be in a church where we all agree on all things related to scripture or related to the way in which decisions are made? Or can we live in a church where there is diversity of thought? Can we live in a church where we are trusting a bishop and cabinet to assign us a pastor who is suitable for our community and for our context? So that is one of the things that distinguishes United Methodism from other independent churches is that we count on our relationship with others and we expect to be a part of a church where we don't have to all think alike to believe uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord uh, and not only our personal salvation, personal Savior, but indeed our community Savior. That's awesome. I'd love love, love your thought about having a season of prayer and contemplation before you make a literally uh, dramatic, life-changing decision. And we don't always ask the question, when we make a decision— who are we leaving behind? We've uh, we've had to deal with this already because we've had churches and we realize even if you vote, say 70% voted to, to leave or 70% voted to stay, when we make a decision like that, we're often voting to leave somebody behind. Sometimes they're they're left behind quietly. Uh, they don't they don't raise their voice. Sometimes we're leaving behind persons who have grandchildren or children who are gay. Sometimes we're leaving behind persons who feel like their their traditional views have been squashed and they can't be honest because everybody is sounding like they are, 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 are 
progressive in their interpretation of the scriptures. So I think we really should be humble in our decisions around this. And having said that, I think there's no reason for us to count people who leave as our enemies. Even these conversations that we're talking, the divisive conversations, do have implications for how effective or not we are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Well, let's bring this around, Bishop. Just oh, I always like to, you started our conversation here about there's good news to share. But let's talk now about encouraging news moving forward and let's have a prayer about the future of the church, which is going to be an ongoing conversation that you and I are going to have continually. But give us a moment right now. What's encouraging? Let's pray about it. I think what's encouraging right now is that uh, the message you, you will hear consistently over these next coming weeks from the Council of Bishops of the United Methodist Church is a message that there is a place for everyone in the ongoing, the current and the ongoing United Methodist Church. Uh, this is not to disparage anyone. We haven't had a general conference, so there hasn't been a, any formal separation. We've had s- some churches who have made decisions to disaffiliate, and we don't count these as our enemies. But we do say that there is a place for everyone in the United Methodist Church. That's a consistent message you're going to hear, I think, over the weeks from the Council of Bishops, that, that we are a church that is confident in what God has done in Christ Jesus for all of humankind. We are committed to personal and social salvation. We are courageous in our work to dismantle racism, tribalism, colonialism, and we're not operating from a standpoint of scarcity. The church bread has been so generous in supporting our local churches. That tells me that we are very much committed to our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. My discipleship is tied to my willingness to stick together in good times and tough times. And so that's great news. Uh, and it's good news of the gospel. That is that is good news and encouraging word. And and why don't you let's pray for it. Let's pray about this. Do you mind praying for uh, this ongoing conversation? Oh God, we just ask that you you pour your spirit, oh God, in the narrative of the United Methodist Church. Let our story be your story told through us. Oh God, we're not trying to pit sister against sister or brother against brother. Oh God, we're asking that you use us in this pivotal moment in history. There are people hungry, spiritually hungry and physically hungry. Use your church to bring food, the fresh bread of life, the fresh bread of hope, the fresh bread of salvation in Jesus Christ. Oh God, we pray that we not count anybody out, but we count all persons in. Bless us, O God, not that we always know the way, but you are the way. And we ask you, O God, in Jesus' name, to lead us and guide us. Amen. Amen. Our guest today on the United Methodist People podcast, Being Encouraged with Bishop Julius Tremble. This is an important ongoing conversation. We are happy here on the United Methodist People podcast as I have a conversation with uh, Bishop Julius Trimble on a regular basis about the state of the church, where we're at on things, where we can go. And I think you always hear that Bishop uh, Trimble always seeks to be encouraging. That is his that is his uh, focus on things. Be encouraged. You're going to hear a lot more in the future about uh, from Bishop Trimble about his theme of being encouraged, particularly as we go through this time of some anxiousness in the United Methodist Church. And 
and local churches uh, need some help, and individual pastors and, and lay leaders uh, need some direction. And Bishop uh, Tremble is looking to encourage us. Here's what I hope that you heard today about actions you can take in your local church particularly as some churches are considering disaffiliation and other ways of approaching the differences that happen within the churches. Two things I hope that you heard that you can do and I would encourage you to do. One is to sit in prayer about any decisions regarding the future of your local church, regarding its connection or not with the United Methodist Church. Take a time. Take a pause to pray about it and think about it. Think about all the implications that are involved with this and to not just respond, you know, kind of in a reactionary way, but to have a time of prayerful contemplation. I hope that you heard that and will take that to heart. Go to your altars. Go to your places you need to do to pray fervently for the direction in your local church. That's one thing that you can do. And the second thing you can do, a part of this time of contemplation, is to really consider, uh, when you make a decision, who is left out. No matter what decision you make, somebody's going to feel left out. And hopefully, we can make a decisions in our local churches with a real sense of discernment of the Holy Spirit leading us. Because if you have a decision, even if it's 70-30, as, as Bishop uh, Trumple pointed out, uh, there's still a significant Portion, if you have a vote that's 70 30, uh, a civic significant portion of people are going to be left out. Consider those who do not have a voice, who have chosen not to raise their voice, who will just fade away. It's our responsibility as leaders in the church to think about all those who are the least and the lost and who may go away without our being mindful and aware and noticing those who are impacted by the decisions that we make. Let me encourage you in those areas again about what to do in your local church, to consider these decisions in prayer and contemplation, and then to consider who is being left out by whatever decision that we make. Here in the United Methodist People podcast, we're all about helping to consider all these things. We're all about about conversation and commentary about the things that matter. And uh, the Be Encouraged segment with Bishop Trimble is his effort, along with myself, to speak to these matters. And you're going to hear a lot more from Bishop Trimble on, uh, on the United Methodist People podcast and in other outlets as we move forward, especially into the, the year of 2022. You'll be hearing a lot more from Bishop Trimble then in many different outlets. We'll say more about that in upcoming epo- episodes of the United Methodist People podcast. Well, you can always go there, unitedmethodistpodcast.com, to see a back catalog of many, many episodes we have had on our podcast to deal with matters that are important to United Methodist Christians, United Methodist clergy, and to the United Methodist Church, where we're always looking to strengthen the connection through conversation and commentary. My name is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, a local church pastor who loves the Lord and loves our church and knows that uh, God was... uh, in the directions of those of us who seek to take seriously the opportunities that are before us. So let's continue the conversation. Let me just leave you now here with these, uh, with these words from John Wesley. And I just think it's appropriate. This quote from Wesley. The best thing of all is that God is with us. Thank you for being with us here on the United Methodist People Podcast. Join us next time. We will continue to strengthen the connection through conversation and commentary. 
Until then, friends, remember to continue to always do all the good that you can. Thanks so much for listening to the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. You can continue the conversation and commentary about strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church to accomplish our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Visit the United Methodist People podcast on the web at unitedmethodistpodcast.com and always do all the good you can.